I know a gentleman that's going to be a big part of an upcoming card is this, this man. What was that, Macho Man Randy Savage? Happened so fast you can't even talk about it. Lucky person, yeah, out there somewhere is going to win a silver cloud. What a lucky, lucky, lucky person. And Tito Santana, if you go to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship bout with the Macho Man Randy Savage and escape with your life and still lose your belt. You are a lucky, lucky, lucky Tito. Yeah, that's what they're going to be calling you. Because comparatively speaking to the Macho Man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage, Gaina. And I'm talking inevitable, and I'm talking you can't hold that belt with me climbing through the ropes. Gene Okerling right here is a crying cow. And I want you to give that to Tito Santana. Yeah, because things are just popping right now. Things are starting to cultivate. Things are starting to grow. I, I, things are getting real colorful. Look at that roll. Just like the silver cloud Rolls Royce. I, I'm very Top curious. Top of the line. Wait a minute. Randy. <laughs> His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports dance? You're listening to the sports show. Y'all must have forgot, forgot, forgot. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. We ain't going to start like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Sports Let's Get Your Mans. One more time, one half of your sportsologist, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. And remember, folks, that I am still here to give it to you raw and uncut. And this your man, Black. We are back in the building for another episode one of your favorite sportsologists back in the building once again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back with a new, the new formulated format of the sports desk. I don't know what me and Black going to do, man. We say we're going to give you college football one day, NFL another day, but we're going to open up the show with some boxing and some NBA, man. So, me and Black, we'll get it together. But once again, we definitely appreciate anybody who has taken the time out to listen to me and Black uh, bicker, argue, Make fun Whatever we do man We appreciate y'all Listening to us For about two hours Each and every week Alright black man Let's go ahead And get into it man Now of course We're going to talk A lot of college football And we'll get to that In just a second But man There's some Some nice sports news Out there That we got to talk about man uh, We got a big event Coming up This Saturday man We have Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder Jr. Three these three, these two guys have been fighting for the past five years, seems like, man. It's going to cultivate <laughs> in a third bout that's taking place this Saturday. So let's go ahead and start there, Black. Two of the most recognizable heavyweights in the past decade, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, Fury and Deontay Wilder. First fight ended in a draw. Arguably, I thought... I thought Deontay Wilder Jr. snuck out a win by dropping Fury... Those two times on the canvas, especially that second time when we thought he was dead and gone. Mm -hmm. And then the second fight came and Deontay was absolutely outclassed. We saw that coming from the first fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tyson Fury just looked like he was just a better overall boxer. And he proved that in the second fight. Deontay Wilder getting stopped for the first time and suffered his first loss in his boxing career. But now, Black, here we are. 
The third fight, this fight is now more major than first anticipated doing to Anthony Joshua losing to that boy. <laughs> We're just going to say that. Losing to that boy. No disrespect to you, dog, but it's deeper than you. Anyway, Black, talk to me. Wilder, Fury 3, two things. What are you expecting? And how do you feel now that the implications of this fight are much greater than you thought before? Yeah, um, I'm excited about this fight, D. Uh, maybe a little more excited now because it seems like it's a lot more on the line. Yep. Now, and I think that this fight is really, really very more. more I think this fight is really more important now for Deontay Wilder mm-hmm. it, uh, than Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Because basically, Deontay Wilder can really get his name back in the mix. But if you were to lose this fight to Tyson Fury for a third time, then you you basically absolutely gone in the mix. You're not in the mix. Anthony, Him and Anthony Joshua will go on to make the big money heavyweight fight that everybody wants to see. But that's not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Usek, Usek is the man now. He has the belt. So... I'm pretty sure he's going to be looking at both guys. He's going to be looking at Deontay. He's going to be looking at Tyson Fury, you know, to pick and see what exactly what he's going to do. But I'm expecting this fight, D. I I don't expect it to go the distance. I believe this fight, somebody will get stopped. I don't know. I've been kind of back and forth about it, D, because you've seen so much. You've been seeing so much of Deontay Wilder, so much of Tyson Fury. Like, these guys have literally, this fight has got canceled. And push back between cancellation and pushback because of COVID, you had two layoffs for this fight already. So these guys have had a a very long time in camp, in training camp, to be able to figure out exactly what they're going to do. You know, and it's it's kind of scary to think you give Tyson Fury more than six months to prepare for Dewante Wilder, who he think is a one trick pony mm-hmm. with his knockout power. And then the last time we seen him fight Tyson Fury, he only had three months and he stopped Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stopped Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to see what's going to happen. But I, it, looking at what I've looked at from Deontay Wilder, looks like he's gotten better. Yeah. You know, outside of the ring, look like he's worked on his craft. What we've yeah. always been saying about Deontay Wilder, if you worked on your craft and not just be a one trick pony, you may be able to, you you may be able to do a little something. So. I'm excited to see what these guys are going to bring in the ring. I'm expecting fireworks, D. I don't think this fight lasts long, but very and very excited for what this fight and what it holds for the future for both of these guys. Because mm-hmm. basically, whoever wins this fight, they're in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about it, D. I can't wait to Saturday. I'm just going to have to thug it out, man. I got to work the next day, but I got to stay up and watch <laughs> this one. But yeah, man, totally 100% excited, man. I can't wait. Definitely not going the distance. Someone is getting put down. I just don't know what round yet. Yeah. A very exciting night for boxing. It's rare that they get this. It's rare that they get an opportunity where pretty much the whole sports world is going to be focused on this fight. You rarely get trilogies, let alone heavyweight trilogies. And these two gentlemen, just forgetting about what's actually happening in the ring, they've been entertaining. They've been selling these fights. The whole sports world is locked in on this. Pay-per-view buys will be through the roof for this fight. These Both these gentlemen are going to get paid. But it comes down to, it's all going to come down to one thing and one thing for me. I'm looking for, like you say all the time, Black, I'm looking for one face and one name for the heavyweight division. We have not had that since Lennox Lewis, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
That's been over 20-something years. Yeah. That's too long. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a ruler of the heavyweight division in over 20-something years. I'm a fan of Deontay Wilder. I'm a fan of the big knockouts and having these boys looking crazy. I love it. But I'm also a fan of the science. The science of the game. Hence, Floyd Mayweather being my favorite fighter of all time. No matter what you say about Floyd, his antics, what he say, what he do, when you watch that man in that ring, the sweet science of boxing, baby, is on full display. Mm-hmm. And, the, and for some crazy, freakish reason, Tyson Fury at six foot nine, three thousand pounds, look like an oversized Floyd Mayweather in the ring. <laughs> I'm just so intrigued by that. So when you got a guy who has exceptional boxing skill versus a guy who coming to knock your head completely off your shoulders, yeah, give me this fight a third time. I remember. I got to eat some words. I remember after the second fight, we said we don't want to see it again. Mm-hmm. But we quickly get reminded when you get these two guys, the ingredients they bring to the table. These guys are selling the fight. Boxing are getting some shine. Boxing needs this shine. And ultimately, I believe the winner of this fight will be the one face to one name. I don't think Usyk can be either one of these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I went back and watched the Anthony Joshua fight again, and Joshua just looked like he was just not prepared to fight. <laughs> Out of shape. Did take this man seriously. I feel like he got out class. You think so? I think he got out class. I feel like he got out class. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you think... Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Joshua could outclass Deontay Wilder? I don't. Okay. All right. All right. Recently, okay. we've seen, like, people are so surprised about Anthony Joshua losing to USAC, but we see him lose to... Butterbean. Ruiz, my boy. Uh, and we see him losing Anthony Ruiz, a.k.a. Butterbean. Yep. You know, so, and and to mm. see him losing that way, and, and, and in the fight against uh, Ruiz, he got knocked down three times. He did. He got embarrassed. Yeah, and then, so, people so shocked. Oh, man, he lost to Usyk, but Usyk, people have to realize the one thing about Usyk, and I said this on one of the episodes, this is a guy who's coming from Cruiserweight, who dominated Cruiserweights. You know, he he went up. He went up to go to heavyweight to d- put on display. He's another guy like Tyson Fury. He's a, he's a sound. He's a technician in the ring with his punches. And he also happens to have power along with those punches. He had he had Anthony Joshua in the world of trouble in that fight. Yeah, facts. And he literally outclassed Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, this one thing we do know about Anthony Joshua, he ain't got no t- chin, bro. No. It's not many punches he can take. If you touch that chin, bro, he going to wobble. Yes, he If will. he go down or not. And we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen, we seen one fighter put him down, and we've seen one fighter had him hurt. Yeah. Missed to both of his losses. So, um, I it's for me, and looking at that fight, I would say Anthony Joshua got more outclassed and more outboxed than anything, in my opinion. Okay, Tim, I, I, I can roll with that. <laughs> I really, honestly, truthfully speaking... I wish Anthony Joshua and Usek and Ruiz, none of these guys was in the conversation. I wish all the belts were on the line this Saturday night. I, I agree. 100%. This is the fight that should be for the, 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 heavy, the best heavyweight in the world, period. But unfortunately, it's not. The winner of this fight, if boxing is smart, and we see that they don't be smart often, they book the Usek Use, fight right away, and you get a one-face, one-name champion right away. Now... Here's what probably needs to happen here for boxing. Hear me out, Black. Deontay Wilder needs to win this fight. Mm-hmm. He needs to fight Usek next, and he needs to win those titles. And then we need to get a Fury 
and Wilder Four. I don't think it's gonna happen. You don't think it's gonna happen? I don't. I think this is the last straw for these guys. Let's look at boxing, and we follow boxing sure. basically since we were old enough to remember. Sure. When have we ever seen a four fight Never. between? It's Never. always been trilogies. Yeah, it's been done. So uh, Manny and uh, Mon, uh, yeah, him. That's the only one we and can they name. Eight times, <laughs> Marquez. Yeah, Marquez. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only one we can name. So it has happened. Yeah, but in the heavyweight division, we've seen trilogies in the heavyweight division before, and usually the third fight, that's it. Yeah, ain't no, we ain't fighting again. That's it. I don't see a way. The only way that I could see a a four fight happening, D, it is this fight come down and be another draw. But what about the or, dr- or, or, or it's close like a split decision on the cards or something like that. Tyson Fury has already won one. So if you win again, he has two wins over Deontay. So Correct. for him, what's what's the need for me to fight you again? No, he does not need and to. And then if Deontay win, well, you won one, I won one, and we draw one. So that could be some discussion, but I'm pretty sure if I'm a promoter, I'm telling my fighter and I'm telling Tyson Fury, win or lose, this is going to be it. Because we got bigger fish to fry. Okay. We got a lot of up and coming heavyweights in this division. American heavyweights for one thing that's coming up who's making a name for themselves. And these guys are chomping at the bit to get their chance. Okay. My thing is for me, I don't think a four fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury would be the best thing to do. Okay. In my opinion. I really believe this right here is, is it. I agree with you. This person who wins this fight will go on to be the face. Of the heavyweight division. Okay. But go on to defend this title against up and coming fighters. I believe this is the last draw and the last time, in my opinion, we'll get Deontay versus Tyson Fury. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel you on that. And, and it's going to be an exciting pay-per-view. This Saturday night, live on pay-per-view, Wilder Fury 3. I believe it's for the WBO heavyweight championship that uh, Tyson Fury uh, currently possesses. All right. So be sure to tune in. Because here at the Sports says we're going to be tuning in. Because you oh, want to yeah, know why? <laughs> Because we have the links. <laughs> we have the links, and we'll be tuned in. Massive fight for boxing this weekend. All right, Black, let's talk about some NBA real quick, man. Now, this past week was NBA Media Day. Mm. We got to see, you know, what our Lakers are looking like out there with the addition of Russ, bringing back Rondo, Dwight, LeBron in the number six. You know, we got to get a good look at those boys. Uh, we got to see Dame Lillard, you know, talk about how he's committed to Portland, went around the league, and we saw some of our favorite faces uh, talking about the upcoming season. So it was refreshing to see those guys because we love basketball a lot. But the marquee storyline, period, in the NBA is Ben Simmons versus the 76ers. Mm. This is the marquee storyline. Let's go ahead and take it back. All of you already know. Ben Simmons had one of the most, man, what's the word I can use? Ben Simmons had a double. <laughs> He was a debacle Mm. against the Atlanta Hawks in the second round of the playoffs, especially in game six, I believe, in Atlanta, where he just simply refused to shoot shots that he normally would take. But his confidence was so shot. His ego was drained. He was pretty much a liability for the 76ers in that series against the Hawks, which, of course, the Hawks went on to win and go on to the Eastern Conference Finals. So it didn't start there. It began in the post-game conferences with the comments from Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers was asked, which Doc Rivers is so defensive now about what he said. 
after that post game. He said, after he was asked, "Do can you win a championship with Ben Simmons as your point guard? The man said, I don't know the answer to that question. That's what he said. We've seen him say it. Now Doc wants to backtrack because they realize we're not going to get value for Ben Simmons. <laughs> you can trade Ben Simmons, which they're going to ultimately have to do because of what took place with him and Joel Embiid the other day, and we'll get to that in a second. But Doc is backtracking. Daryl Morey is backtracking. Now they're sitting up here trying to look like they look like some goofballs mm-hmm. trying to recant their statements about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has made it very, very clear. Clutch Sports and Rich Paul have came out and the trade needs to happen. He will not report to the Philadelphia 76ers. He will never play for Philly again. Never. Now, the part that I love the most is that drama. <laughs> Now, I'm going to read what Joel Embiid said to the media. Um, He said this at media day, right? He said this at media day. Okay. Now, paint paint you guys a picture now. The weekend before, Joel Embiid, some other players for the Philadelphia 76ers, Tobias Harris, all the a couple of players reached out to Ben Simmons to have a dinner meeting. Ben Simmons accepted the invite in Los Angeles where he's currently living and he's training. Most of these guys live in L.A. in the offseason. When it was time for the meeting to take place, Ben Simmons pulled out of the meeting last minute. Joel, Tobias, and some of the other teammates, they got left standing in the cold. Ben Simmons did not come to dinner. And the very next morning, as Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris flew back to Philly for media day, these were the words that Joel Embiid said after being asked about will Ben Simmons be in a 76 uniform. Quote, unquote, Joel Embiid. Our team have always built around his needs. <laughs> when you open up a conversation like that, you know somebody about to get it. Then he goes on to say, so it's just kind of surprising to see even going back to the reason we got rid of Jimmy Butler, mm. which I still think was a mistake, just to make sure he had the ball in his hands. I am surprised that he is acting the way that he is due to the way this organization has treated him. What do they say in the old uh, the old hood folktales, my boy? The old hood folktale say shots fired. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of, Black? The end of Kobe and Shaq. When they both start going to the media. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a duo who just said the hell with it. And it took one guy to start going public. And in Kobe and Shaq's case, it was Kobe. Kobe went public first about the whole ordeal. Shaq was out of shape, fat, lazy. He said this to the media. Marriage was over. There was no reconcile. Shaq was in Miami the next month. When your star player, your best player on your team, denounces what the front office and the head coach are trying to do, Ben Simmons would be a Sacramento King or Indiana Pacer in the next week. (laughs) I love this. 
And y'all know I'm a, I stood up for Ben Simmons over the past two seasons. But one thing I don't condone, you ain't going to show out on me, dog. You ain't going to pull my card after I'm trying to make an effort to reconcile and seeing what we could do to play together. And you ain't going you, you to pull my card like that? Now, now, I don't got no use for you, bro. I ain't got no use for you. I mm. applaud Joel and B for standing up to the plate, letting it be known. Bro, who the hell you think you are, bro? You got paid $180 million because of me. Mm. Joel Embiid is the reason why Ben Simmons got $180 million. Now, would Ben Simmons got paid if Joel Embiid was his teammate? Sure, Ben Simmons would have got an extension. Of course. He probably even would have got $100 million the way the NBA money going today. Mm-hmm. I mean, by God, Rudy Gobert got $225 million. <laughs> so, of course, Ben Simmons would have got money. But he got $180 million. Being next to the MVP candidate for the past three seasons. A defensive player of the year for the past three seasons. Being in the playoffs for the past three seasons, riding on the back of Joel Embiid. Because last time I checked, Joel Embiid led, league and re- led his team in rebounds, points, and defensive efficiency. Not Ben Simmons, who's a hell of a guard. Probably the top defensive guard in this league. But I'm going to stand with Joel and I'm going to stand with the Philadelphia 76ers. The rumors are out about Ben Simmons. He's lazy. He doesn't have a good work ethic. He wants it his way or the highway. He pouts. He cries. He's very emotional as a young player. He's not sitting around or committed to Philly. And now Joel Embiid has taken it upon himself to say Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers, shut up. Mm. Don't care what you're trying to do here. The hell with Ben Simmons. Let's move on, please. Black, what do you think about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid over the past couple of days and them being where they are now as they get ready to, well, they're already in training camp. What do you think? Hey, man, um, I agree with you, D. I love the drama. Mm-hmm. Love the ba- It's always good for basketball. Mm-hmm. We like these type of storylines when it comes to basketball. But it's one thing for me. It's, it's a few things for me. This could, listening to what Embiid said, it's, it's a lot of truth to that. Because you think about it. When Jimmy Butler was there, the Philadelphia 76ers seemed so much lethal. There was a problem. So much dangerous. They were a problem. They were a problem, but what was the issue there? <clears throat> ben, Simmons. ben Simmons. It wasn't Jimmy Butler. Mm-mm. It was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons wasn't the one that could come through. Mm-hmm. And you and, and if you go back and remember playoff series or even, even regular Simmons game, Jimmy Butler was that guy trying to give Ben Simmons that battery in his back. Come on, man. Don't be do your thing. You got it. You you a talent. Do Being your, a leader. Didn't work. Didn't work. So, whoever the head coach and the general manager, general manager was then, they dropped the ball then. We spoke on it on several shows back, back. Yeah. When we first was talking about Ben Simmons. Yeah. We were saying, man, Ben Simmons may not be the answer because he's a person that don't work on his craft. We hadn't seen the jumper get better. What it seems like the jumper always hits in the summer league. <laughs> always hits when it's time to uh, go on break from the NBA. Yeah. It just don't, for some reason, it just don't work while we in season. Mm, 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 so mm, mm. I feel like this situation could have been avoided with them if the if the old management would have realized we're not going to get anywhere with Ben Simmons. And then I have so also have to blame Daniel, um, what's his name, Moy? Daryl Moy. Daryl Moy for coming in. This is where, as a general manager, you make a name for yourself. You already know who your face is. It ain't Ben Simmons. It's not. And obviously, you have two players who really are already 
This is not the first time we're seeing the back and forth with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It's not. It's not the first time. So you as a general manager, you have to make a statement and say, okay, we're going to be around this guy. We're just not going to keep this guy here in Ben Simmons who hasn't, who hasn't improved. We're paying him because he's a great defensive guy. He does things great on the defensive side of the ball. But when we need you offensively, when Joel, when Joel or Embiid is drawing three bodies at one time and he's forcing shots, he can't go to Ben Simmons because there's no trust there. Yeah. You had the opportunity to make a statement to get him out of here. And you didn't. You kept him around, and now we're in the situation that we are now. But now, all of a sudden, your hand's forced now because Ben Simmons is forcing your hand. He is. When you had all the leverage to get rid of him, now Ben Simmons is not going to report. Yeah. And he wants to be gone. So, my situation is that management plays a key part in this for me, D. You could have controlled the narrative on this. Ben Simmons will be as long as it will be and forever will be the face of the Philadelphia 76ers. I think he was, I think Joel Embiid is one of those guys who was going to stick with his team. He will be in Philadelphia for a long term, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is a player who's evolved every year he's been in the league. He has. He has. So with that right there, that tells me, well, let's get this cancer out of here. Wow. Get him out of here and bring in some young pieces to put around in Joel. We even looked at it D with, with Jimmy Butler. And I'ma get and I'm I'm gonna wrap up. When they let when Jimmy Butler didn't resign or they'd even even take a chance at re what if, we were like, what? They chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy they Butler. They chose Tobias. Nah, and, and, and it ain't no on disrespect Tobias, no Tobias, disrespect. But they did. Both of them they was did. Free agents. They was free agents. And you chose to let him go to Miami. One of your better players. Now, D, we know, we see how Jimmy Butler is in Miami. Could you just imagine how him and Joel and B would be together if he was still there? Oh, ruthless, bro. My thing is, man, with Ben Simmons, he is not the answer. He's never been the answer, in my opinion. And we see it year in and year out, but some way, somehow, people are always trying to find and make excuses for the kid. We hear the rumors, and I'm so happy the rumors came out from from uh, the Warriors. Oh, he won't be a good fit. Thank you, because he won't be a good fit with the Warriors. He will not. Because what the Warriors like to do, he's not able to do. Mm. He's not able to do that. Mm. So he wouldn't be a good fit. He needs to be somewhere where he could be the man. He needs to be somewhere where he could be the man. That's all it is to it. So when the rumors came out about Indiana having the front, get him. I take y'all young talent. Give me, give me that uh, Indiana young talent. I take him, and he can go all the way out there to Indiana, my boy, and be the next, be the man out there. He can go out there and be the man. Joel Embiid has the right to say what he said in the press conference. Yeah, he had enough. Because, like you said, D, I don't reach out to you, bro. And you disrespect me and make me look bad. Yeah, for sure. You don't do that. No, you don't. That's 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 bad for business. And then you and then you playing a game. Well, man, well, dang, bro. That's a, that's that's a that's a part of being a man. If you tell a man you are gonna do something, you do it. You do that. Yeah. Not alone is that we 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 teammates and we in a business. Well, you know we need to communicate. Things got to be communicated in the NBA with players. For sure. 
We're not getting that for Ben Simmons. He want to whine. He want to sit out. He want to chill at home, do whatever you want to do, put up shots and that, that he making in summer league and training. That's what he want to do. It's time for Ben Simmons to go be the man somewhere. And we'll see how that works out. Philly has never been the answer. We always had hope that it would turn around. But obviously all these three to four years that this been going on, it hasn't been a change. It's, it's gotten worse, right? Yeah. It's gotten worse. And what need, this needs to happen where Ben, where ben Simmons, he needs to change the scenery. Joel Embiid needs something different. Because that's that 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 uh those two players are not going to work anymore. And like you said, Joel, he didn't he didn't put you out in the media, bro. Hitting the shots fired. Like you said, these shots fired, bro. Mm -hmm. It's no way that you can repair that. Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers, Daniel Moy, Joel Embiid, that's what needs to happen now. Ben Simmons is is no longer needed in Philadelphia, in my opinion. He needs to go to either, like you said, the Sacramento or Indiana and let him be the man and see what he could do with by himself being the being the face of something. Because that's what it is. I don't think I really feel like Ben Simmons don't feel like he get the respect that Joel does from Philadelphia or, you know, but you haven't put in the work or you haven't you haven't shown that you could be that guy. Joel has. Joel has. And for me, man. It's just time for a change, D. It's a whole fiasco, man. I love it going back and forth, but it's just time for Ben Simmons to get out of there, man, and build everything around Joel Embiid. Yeah. And that's the way that it needs to be. Yeah, and last thing for me on this, I defended Ben Simmons multiple times. I've been called out since all of this has taken place. Shout out to our NBA correspondent, Smooth. He at my neck about it. Me and him was chopping it up, and he brought it up. But, you know, look, I think it just came down to the point of a mentality. A mentality, man. What's the mentality of Ben Simmons? Well, obviously, it's not the mentality of a Joel Embiid and what they're trying to do in Philly. Darryl Moore dropped the ball on this. I believe Dame Lillard was on the table. He was on the table for the Philadelphia 76ers to acquire right away when things were hot and heavy in Portland with Dame Lillard. I believe he was on the table. But Dame had some time to chill, relax, get to know Chauncey Billups a little bit more. You know, CJ and all those guys, he's familiar with them. And I believe, you know, Dame has settled down for now. I think ultimately Dame won't be in Portland long term, but for now he's settled down. Philly dropped the ball on that. James Harden being up for trade last year. James Harden could have been in Philly, but they didn't want to get rid of Ben Simmons. They wanted to add him there. So now everything has come out. I can't defend Ben Simmons no more. Because if your mentality is to win and progress and try to do all you can to live up to your talent, because let's call it what it is. The dude is outrageously talented. A six foot ten point guard, seven foot wingspan, can get to the rack when he wants to put the ball on the glass. He can rebound, he can play defense. I mean, he's one of the better players in the league when he's locked in. But when he is on his high horse, he's just not valuable. The only thing that makes him valuable. Is $170 million left on his contract. <laughs> and good for him. But I fully expect within the next week or two, Ben Simmons will most likely probably end up in Indiana. Indiana has some nice young pieces that they could get out to Philly, clear up some cap space on that Ben Simmons number. And I think Philadelphia is an attraction, attractive place for a up-and-coming superstar talent to go out there with Philly. I think Doc Rivers needs to reassess as well. I think Doc looking kind of funny mm -hmm. right now. And I don't like that because I like Doc a lot. 
Doc's been one of the better coaches in this league for over a decade and then some. But for him to go about it the way that he did, Ben Simmons to act in the way that he did, Joel Embiid now firing back, I think Philadelphia's a mess right now. And I think, to be honest with you, I think the Philadelphia 76ers have a tough year this year. Mm. They made the playoffs. Of course they do. They got the talent to do so. But they not clicking. And we're going to see it this year, NBA season, unless they can get Ben Simmons to hell from out of town. And then we'll see then what happens. All right. All right, man. So we had to talk a little boxing, had to talk a little NBA. Now we're getting ready to jump into uh, some college football. And boy, boy, boy. We keep having weekend after weekend after weekend with college football. My God. Let's go ahead and play this music, man. And we're going to go ahead and get in. Hey, this is do some lunch sports, man. Come on now. Yeah! It's ridiculous. It's obvious what's being done out here. It's a nightly basis. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out there. It's time once again. All right, all right, Black. Let's go ahead and get into some college football. And by God, <laughs> where do we begin? Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> Let me put on my thinking caps. Ah, I got it. Black, let's go on out here to Kentucky, man. <laughs> now, here on the sports desk, man, we ain't been able to have a lot of good times this year when it comes to college football. Now, Black, I want to roll a stat out there to you that you might know of and a lot of people who listen to this show might know of. And uh, I just want to put it out here right now on the table. You know, yesterday, the Florida State Seminoles got their first win, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Okay. The Miami Hurricanes lost on Thursday night. Two-yard field goal. They field goal kicker couldn't make. 30-28, to 28, the Cavaliers win in South Beach. And then on last night, an eerie thing happened. I have been saying it all week long to anybody who would listen to me. Kentucky going to have these Gator fans uncomfortable for three and a half hours. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we turned the corner. We fought Alabama. I, I feel you look good against NC. I feel you, but I, I, I had a feeling in my soul that the Kentucky Wildcats were going to make it uncomfortable for the Florida Gator fans for three and a half hours. And by God, <laughs> the unthinkable happened. So let me paint you a picture, man. Me and my homeboy, Black Man, this is my brother, man, Black Man, friends our entire lives. 30 plus years of friendship with me and Black, my brother. We're preparing for a major event at my house. Thing that's getting ready to take place with my family. My boy Black was over here assisting me and some extreme things that needed to be done around here. <laughs> so we were quite busy. And we got the games on in here, man. We, you know, we got a few games on. And while we were watching, you know, Florida and Kentucky get ready to take place. I don't really think that I got the feeling from Black that Kentucky was going to do this. 
I thought Black was really leaning towards, you know, Florida Gators. Like, he mm-hmm. felt that they were turning the corner and they were doing a lot of great things because we previously debated the Georgia uh, win of Arkansas, which we'll talk about. And then we talked about Alabama. We're going to talk about Alabama and Ole Miss as well. So Black left, went home. You know, I did my thing. We get ready to settle down for the night. And as I walk into the room, the Kentucky Wildcats had this lead. Not much time left on this clock. And I know who the Florida Gators quarterback is. And that brother there, he ain't coming to get nothing <laughs> on that arm. <laughs> now, I don't got nothing against Emory Jones. For one, I was glad to see him get an opportunity to do his thing there. But like I said before, that brother there, he ain't not coming to get nothing on that right arm. And the unthinkable took place. What is it? Lexington, Kentucky, my boy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my dog, Walker Flock of Flames. <laughs> Had his smash hit Grove Street party, my boy. <laughs> Being played, and not only did Walker Flocker have his music playing, Walker Flocker was at the game, man. <laughs> my dog was dressed down head to toe in Kentucky gear. Now listen, man. Well, me and Black was young, dog. Wherever I was at, wherever Black was at, we was with each other. And it was going nuts. And whatever we was at. Man, let's go here. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, dog. Hey, man, we'll be right. Hey, we're going to take a quick little break real second, man. We'll be right back real quick. Shut up, Flocker, dog. Let's get some good stuff going for my dog, Walker Man, I might not get a chance to do this all here. Let's go, man. Hey, this would do some lunch. So, Come on, man. Hey, bro, you to the sports So, yeah. So as Grove Street Party was being played unanimously through the stadium and all of the Kentucky fans ran on the field, I said all that to say, down go the Gators. Down go the 10th ranked Florida Gators to the Kentucky Wildcats, led by Mark Stoops. And you know what the media thought about the Florida Gators? After they lost yesterday in Kentucky, they dropped them almost out of the polls yes, uh, this morning. Mm. Florida Gators are not ranked, what, the 22nd team in this country, correct? 20th team. The 20th team in this country. Mm. Now, they did lose to Alabama. Okay, everybody loses Alabama. They dropped 10 spots. But now they're sitting at 20. Now, am I happy that the Florida Gators lost? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> because like I said... I won't get the opportunity to hoot and holler and celebrate probably no more this year because I know what's coming right around my corner Thanksgiving weekend, and I'll deal with that then. But for right now, but them Wildcats done beat Mullen twice, boy. <laughs> boy, damn, Mullen done lost to the Kentucky Wildcats two times in the last five years, I believe. Good God. Now, I'm going to get deeper with this after my boy Black go ahead and get his off. <laughs> Now, Black, what did you think about the upset last night in Lexington, Kentucky? Well, the Kentucky Wildcats led by Mark Stoops knocked off them 10th Frank Gators. Man, it was crazy, man. Like, we was watching the game, man. We seen it while we was here, you know, putting in the work. For sure. 
you know, we just, you know, happen to look up and we see what uh, a field goal, a field goal kick get blocked took and back, back. returned back to the house. And I was like, hold on now. Yes, sir. You know, and I did pick the, I, I did pick the Gators to win this game. I thought the Gators mm-hmm. would respond, you know, respond and, you know, show people why they're ranked number 10 and why they were are turning a corner. But, man, just <clears throat> Kentucky wanted this more, man. But the thing for me is the quarterback from Kentucky, uh, Levis, I don't know his first name, Levis, he completed seven passes in this game. Seven He passes. was seven for 17, 87 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. Look at that stat line. And then you had the, the running back, uh, Rodriguez Jr., 19 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. So it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to think that Florida would lose – when you hit those stats, you would say, oh, Florida won that game. Probably won that game handily. But I really think, I really feel like, in my opinion, Emory Jones, Emory Jones is really dropped the ball. He's not evolving. If you have the ball with three or four minutes left, yeah. you have the ball. You have the length of the field of driving. You get down and you get down in that territory. And you're right there. You're on the 20, between the 20 and the 10-yard line. You're right there. With all that time and three timeouts, you do not score a touchdown in that in, 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 in that period, in that gap with that much time. No. Most teams we see get into two-minute drill D. We see them dump and dink, get downfield quick, which Florida did, but they, not, they could not convert when they got in the red zone. Kentucky defense stood up and did what they needed to do. So for me, this loss goes on Dan Mullen. This is the one time we I sit, didn't see Dan Mullen adjust to what was what was happening on the field. I really think that Dan Mullen dropped the ball on this one. I really believe that it's something else that could have been done. And he could have handled that time more wisely than what he did. But Emory Jones is not a thrower of the football, and I hate to say it about the kid because the kid, he's a he, he's talented. He's a talented kid. He can run the ball, but his arm strength is not there. Richardson, I don't, I really don't know what the deal. is. I don't know why Richardson don't get the burn he's supposed to get. I don't, I don't understand it. I think they, this loyalty thing and. College football, it, it kills me. You see it all over the place. You see it in Pop Warner. You see it in high school. You see it in the, in the pro. You, I mean, you see it in college. Maybe not so much in the pros, nah. but if you're a talent and you're better than the talent that's, that's ahead of you, you're going to be my guy if I'm a head coach. You're going to be the guy, regardless of what your parents think, what the university thinks, or the loyalty that you have to that player. It's no reason why Florida should have lost this game, in my opinion. I really feel like if Anthony Richardson was playing, they probably would have won this game. Okay. In my opinion. Because I feel like he would have made the plays down the field to, to score them that touchdown. But, man, just Kentucky defense played play lights out. Kentucky, Kentucky defense came up clutch when they needed to. You got touchdowns from special team. That's always a plus. You know, and then you ran the ball very well. You you rushed for almost over 100 yards against Florida on the ground. They did indeed. You know, so Florida, this is a really bummer for Florida because now you sitting at three and two. You get dropped ten spots all the way to twenty, and like and and, and like our football correspondent said, uh, like uh, said said, man, outback bowl time it is. That's exactly what it is for Florida. No matter if you, 
no matter if you beat Georgia or you, it, it don't matter now. You just spoiling, you just spoiling somebody else's chances to go right now. But man, yeah, it's it sucked for Florida. Do I love seeing Florida lose? Yes, because I'm not a Gator fan, of course. But in certain situations, D, coaching, seeing Dan Mullen, and I and I said it on other show, he's the king of adjustments, in my opinion. But for some reason, this Kentucky game, it was not working for him. It wasn't working. And uh, Mark Stoops wasn't allowed. Man, give it. Give me Mark Stoops and Tallahassee, man. Good God. Give, can, can I have Mark Stoops and Tallahassee? Good God. I'm pretty sure he can recruit a little bit, too. Because it looks like to me, he got some talent in, in Kentucky. He got some athletes out there that could do a few things. Man. Can I have him in Tallahassee, D? I'd be willing to give him a contract. Sure. I'm pretty sure if you gave him an opportunity and paid him nice money to come on down, the dog can come to Tallahassee, he'd probably entertain it. Sure. Because he's going to get way more talent than what he got at Kentucky. For sure. But, man, it's, like you say, Mark Stoops, he just <laughs> got a recipe for beating Dan Mullen. I guess he does. You know, the first time they beat Florida Gators in Kentucky since 1986. to them for that. But, man, like, now you have an undefeated Kentucky team sitting at 5-0. and They are 5-0 and in the conference, and you're going to have them in Georgia – you know, potentially, valid, for, potentially the for the East. Yeah. Because Florida's basically out of it. So, for me, D, this one goes on Dan Mullen. I don't think he needed to do, made the calls that he needed to make down the stretch to have his team in position to win that game. Kentucky wins. Florida drops to 20, and that's all for them. That's it. Yeah, very surprising loss for Florida. Had a lot of fun in the opening salvo. We're supposed to. But, truthfully speaking, I was very stunned that they lost this game. An SEC matchup, no one was at stake. You saw what Georgia did at 12 o'clock earlier in the day. You saw what they did. You know what's looming in three weeks in Jacksonville. The SEC East crown is on the line in three weeks in Jacksonville. Why was this Florida Gator team not prepared for this? The seniors on the Florida Gator football team this year have lost to Kentucky. They lost to him in Gainesville. So I was really confused about the preparation for this game. Dan Mullen dropped the ball indeed that he did. But this Florida team looked it flat. I didn't see no urgency with this team. It kind of felt like that they came in expecting to get a win without actually playing the game. Mark Stoops had these kids ready to play. You don't get five-star talent in Kentucky like that. You might get a five-star every five years. Ain't nobody coming to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But what he's done with this group of kids to get this win against a top 10 team, it's impressive. Now, Florida Gator fans, y'all need to relax, man, on this fire damn Mullen talk. Who else you going to get? <laughs> you want to know how I know about this? Because I had me a national championship coach that was getting me 10 wins a year, and he left me. Mm-hmm. And when he left me, guess where I've been since then? <laughs> Still in the dumps. Still in the dumps. Don't know. I don't know when we're going to see the light of day in Tallahassee again because Jimbo walked out and went to a more prettier girl in Texas. Mm. So all you Florida Gator fans, y'all better zip it. For real. Because you ain't getting nothing better than Dan right now. I don't know who. Give me enough. Dan Mullen is a top 10 coach in college football, maybe even top five, depending on who you talk to. The man going to get you 9 to 10 wins every year. You're going to compete in the SEC East every year. You're going to be in the SEC Championship probably every other year. So Florida fans out there calling for the man here, y'all might want to relax. Just look what's going on in Tallahassee and look what's going on in Miami because Miami ain't been nothing (laughs) 
since they fired Mark Rick, boy. I mean, Larry Coker won championship with Mark Rick, boys. I mean, Butch Davis Butch ain't Davis. been nothing with Butch Davis. <laughs> they ain't done nothing. I want somebody to look me in my face talking about Larry Coker. Shut up. Larry Coker was winning with uh, uh, Butch Davis talent. Mm-hmm. If you got your coach, you got your coach. Florida Gator fans, you better chill. Because I ain't going to lie to you. You let them go if you want to, boy. My my people better be up that damn mother front yard. <laughs> Talking about what, what you need, what you want. So y'all need to chill. Plain and simple, the Florida Gators overlook Kentucky. Tur- miscues, penalties late in the game. That's another thing, yeah. False st- I mean, what's going on? Y'all, ain't, y'all don't know the assignment? But they had like 13 penalties in that game. Y'all don't know the assignment? Especially the, those final two drives. That fi- I mean, what's going on? 1,000% a total drop of the ball for everybody in Gainesville. Nobody gets a pass from me. I had to feel it in my stomach. Go ask anybody who I know. I said for three and a half hours. For three and a half hours. The Kentucky Wildcats, they going to make these boys' lives hell. Now, we got a group chat. That I'm a part of. Shout out to Cedric Farr, Tyrone Koppel, James Nagelman, Octavius Johnson, and our Jacksonville Jaguar NFL correspondent, Rashad Watson. Them boys was having a council meeting last night in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to go to sleep and prepare for the next day, and my phone is just going off. I had to put them boys on Do Not Disturb. Sad is I hear venting on the chat. James is out here preaching a sermon in the chat. I mean, them boys was going through it. My heart don't go out to them, by the way, but they were just going through it. And I understand why y'all going through it, fellas. You thought you was getting to the playoff this year, had a realistic chance, and actually you did. But at the end of the year, no matter what your record is, you always go back to October 2nd at 6 o'clock on ESPN <laughs> when my dog... Walker Flock of Fame was dressed down from head to toe in Kentucky gear, and he was getting off. Yeah, man, that might be the new theme song for the sports this, man. I don't know. You know, me and Black, we'll have to talk about that, man, if we're going to incorporate that. But, yeah, man, long story short, shout out to the uh, Kentucky Wildcats, getting them a huge win at home, knocking out the number 10 Gators 20-13. to Kentucky improves to 4-0, I believe, 5-0. Florida drops to 3-2. And my, 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 the SEC East, I mean... It's looking a lot different than what we planned before Halloween. All right, Black, let's go ahead and continue going on, man. Let's take us a trip out there to Athens, man. Mm, mm, mm. Let's take us a trip out there to Athens, man. Look here, bro. What them boys drinking out there in Georgia, man? What them boys eating, man? What's going on out there, man? The Georgia Bulldogs are not taking no prisoners. Nobody is safe. 37, excuse me, 37 to nothing against the eighth-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas absolutely embarrassed. They could do absolutely nothing with this Georgia defense. 
The dogs absolutely roll the Razorbacks. 100,000 in Athens. And man, 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 we talked about it last week, man. These boys are making the case being the number one team in this country. Mm. Two shutouts back-to-back weeks, only giving up 6.5 points a game. And we going into week six. Black, what'd you think about the dogs absolutely maiming the Razorbacks yesterday? Man, the dogs look good, man. Defensively, man, them boys doing exactly what they want to do. And, man, look, I thought Arkansas was one of them teams offensively that, you know, if it was one, what was one of the better teams offensively that they faced, we thought Clemson was one of those teams and they shut Clemson down. But we see what Clemson is this year. But Arkansas had been, you know, Showing man, they can move the ball, score, score at will, cause that's what they had been doing the past couple of weeks. But man, Georgia shut all that down, man. I mean, defensively, these guys just clicking on all cylinders, man. And you, let me tell you something, man. And me and D talked about this last night. We talked about this, bro. Man, them boys in them trenches, man. Them boys in them trenches, man. If they want big bodies, bro, you think they're supposed to be linebackers or something, bro? Oh, the way they mercy. move, bro. Lord, number been. number number eighty eight Carter and number big number ninety eight. I mean, them boys moving side. They D tackle moving sideline to sideline. Freaks. And then they bringing these boys in on the offensive plays too. Freaks. Bringing them big bodies in on the goal line, man. And they just yeah. rumbling do people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. The Georgia Bulldogs on the defensive side of the ball, they got that smoke, man. For sure. <laughs> they got For that sure. smoke, man. For sure, man. And, I, <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, DBs, linebackers, they got they DBs and linebackers got to be the happiest people in the world because they ain't got to do much. They don't. Because that D-line is getting penetration. Every play. You ain't going to beat them off the ball. No, you're not. So they linebackers can come up and feast and do what they do best. Yeah. Most dominant defensive line in college football, by far. No question. No question. If there's any questions that I have, then we discussed this last night. If sure. there's any questions for me, it's offensively. Sure. D, I feel like the quarterback situation is trash. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it's one Achilles heel that they would have and potentially slip up this year, it'd be because of the quarterback play. It's not the best. Mm-hmm. But defensively, they make up for a whole lot. And they got a situation where a quarterback can come in. I and mean, I don't know what's going on with T.J. Daniels. Yeah, J.T. Daniels. Whatever. I, I don't know what to do. But you got Carson Beck here from Jacksonville. Why you won't get Carson Beck to go? Something going on. Something going that's on. That's always been Georgia's problem. They've never had elite quarterback talent. Nope. That's his Matthew Stafford. Now you got to ride the coattails of your um, amazing defense. Which Georgia can, D. Which they can. But the thing for me... When they play the Georgias, and and I thought Florida could cause some problems offensively, but when you play teams that can score the football, you're gonna have to score. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Alabama's going to figure it out. They got Bryce Young back there. They got a a lot of talent. They got a receiver who can take the freaking top off. They playing with three running back. Look, man. For me, D, I love what Georgia's doing. I think this could potentially be their year. Could be. It's just I'm concerned about the quarterback play. Okay. But for, but this defense, man, this is <laughs> this is the best defense I've seen in a long 
in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You can put them up there with the defense that the Florida Gators had in 08 with Tim Tebow. With yeah. Spikes and Joe Hayden and all yeah. them boys. Mm-hmm. You, you remember the talent that was on that defensive side of the ball. Them boys weren't yeah. having nothing. Mm-hmm. I hated to see them Thanksgiving weekend for three, two to three years straight. Good God. <laughs> but, man, this de- and this defense might be even better than that. Just on the line go to how the trenches is, D, I never seen the trenches, man, that just overwhelms offensive linemen. Yeah. And we ain't talking about no little guy. We, man, look, man, them boys from Arkansas are huge, man. Big corn-fed bread offensive linemen. Steaks and milk. And these boys was running through the, over them boys, man. I'm like, wow, they literally can't get no penetration on the offensive side of the ball. Because Georgia's defensive line is so dominant. Man, shout out to Georgia. This defense is the real deal. Excited to see where Georgia goes from here. Goes from here next week. They got a big one with Auburn, man. They got a big one with Auburn going up there to uh, to, to Auburn. So we're going to see what happened, D. I'm excited, though, what Georgia's doing, man, and where they could be going. Yeah, this defense yesterday, over 22 players had tackles on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to say that again. I said over 20 players had tackles on the defensive side of the ball yesterday. They, they swapping them in. They swapping them out. I told Black yesterday, I understand the quarterback situation. But when your running situation is like it is, like when your running back situation is like it is out there, they literally had five running, four running backs on display yesterday. Cook, White, McIntosh, and Milton. All these boys average five yards a carry. <laughs> Every last one of these boys average five yards a carry. This defense is relentless. They nasty. They athletic. And they are, the key word here is no nonsense. This is a no nonsense defense. Now, that quarterback situation, yeah, Black, I feel you. If Georgia ever get in a situation where it's a quarterback game and, and they facing an elite quarterback, whether it's during the season or in the college football playoff, that can happen. Bryce Young is going to be that guy. He only getting better. And by the time Georgia-Alabama play the AC championship game in December in Atlanta, Bryce Young could potentially be the number one person walking, right, walking away with that Heisman in New York in a couple of weeks after that. But other than that, I look on their schedule, who a problem? It ain't one. And to be real with you, if you look at the quarterback playing college football all around, who you scared of at quarterback? It really ain't too many. And that's why this going to be Georgia's year. Mm. Because it ain't no Trevor. It ain't no Tua. It ain't no Herbert. It ain't none of them boys out there. Mm-hmm. Now, my guy Spencer Rattler, I don't know what the hell he got going on. But I would like to bet a little money on him to give somebody some problems if he can get his act together. Because I'm a fan of the kid. But it ain't no Justin Herberts. It ain't no Trevor Lawrence's. It ain't no Joe Burrows. It ain't none of them boys out there. And when you get to the college football playoff, who is really going to give Georgia a problem? Who? Somebody want to tell me that Bo Nix and the Auburn Tigers... <laughs> Going to be an issue even at Auburn? The answer is incorrectly no. Bo Nix finna have a problem on his hands. Bo Nix, this might be his last game at Auburn when he see these boys. <laughs> I love this Georgia team. I love a nasty team. And this might be their year. 
Arkansas got our class. It's like a heavyweight boxing match. Mike Tyson against Roderick DeBow. <laughs> exactly. I don't know who the hell that is either. But he shouldn't have been in the ring with Mike Tyson. And mm-hmm. Arkansas shouldn't have been on the field with Georgia. And they were the number eight team in this country. Now, Florida Gators will be motivated and hyped to wreak some type of havoc and derail Georgia. They, that's going to be a game down here in Jacksonville. That's going to be a game. It's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. But look here, bro. If AR-15 ain't back there slanging that thing over the top, boy, Emory Jones ain't going to have nothing to do with that, boy. The one thing I see different between Alabama defense and the one thing I see different between Georgia defense, I think Georgia got more athletes on their defense than Alabama. That might sound crazy. But when you watch the tape and you see big number 98, who's well over 6,000 pounds, <laughs> running the 4-5 sideline to sideline after the Arkansas running backs and quarterbacks, that's not supposed to be happening. Mm-mm. When them linebackers are out there, six foot three, 245 of pure granite rock, <laughs> running like they running, that ain't supposed to be like that. The dogs are a problem. This could be their year. We'll have to see. But it's scary in Athens. And if you got to play them, you might just want to say a little extra prayer before you run out that tunnel. Because that thing going to be nasty, boy. The Razorbacks will be okay. They'll be fine. They on the up and up. Their program is getting turned around. They got a lot of seniors this year. They had over 20 seniors playing this game against Georgia. They got embarrassed. But I believe the Arkansas Razorbacks will be a player. They're going to turn around, and they will bounce back. It's just unfortunate that they got to get absolutely embarrassed. They can hang their hat on that number seven win against Texas A&M, but I don't know how much longer you hang your hat on it because now the Aggies are out of the top 25. (laughs) Good God. All right, Black, let's go ahead and roll up the Tuscaloosa, my boy. The number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide took on the Ole Miss Rebels yesterday. And, Black, I just want to start off with this, man. Lane Kiffin, man, this dude, this dude is one of the most entertaining figures in all of college football, probably ever. And I'm watching this game, Black, right before me and you got together, man, and they got the camera on this man, and they say, they asked Lane Kiffin, what can we expect tonight? What can we look forward to seeing between Ole Miss and Alabama, Nick Saban versus Lane Kiffin? My man said, just get your popcorn ready. And by God, what kind of popcorn was you expecting, Lane? Because y'all got the doors blown off y'all in Tuscaloosa yesterday. I mean, good God. In the first half, what did the Rebels have going on? Let, let me tell you something. Mr. Corral, the quarterback from Ole Miss, I thought this kid was going to cause a problem yesterday for the Crimson Tide. That's a big uh-uh. That brother was under duress all game long. He went 20 for 29, 213 in the tub, but he, they, they didn't do nothing offensively. They got 21 points in garbage time, but this game was over when it was 35 nothing. Good God. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban ain't playing with y'all boys, man. <laughs> this man 23 and 0 gets all former assistants. Ain't nobody been close. That's crazy, bro. You mean to tell me, can't nobody Not beat Nick? Not one. Not one. Can't nobody beat Nick? Oh, y'all just get embarrassed when y'all played Nick. Good God. And y'all coached up under Nick. You would think he would have an inside scoop about something. You got any type of tip? (laughs) 
Our college football correspondent called it yesterday, man. Cedric Foss said Ole Miss was going to knock them boys off. Knock them off well. Where they was going to knock them off at said Alabama's a machine, man. And you know what, Black? They made it look easy yesterday. They did. They made it look easy. Black, what's your thoughts or your concerns, man? Yeah, man. We had a sighting yesterday, though, the uh, Derrick Henry 2.0. Mr. Brian Robinson Jr., 36 carries, 170, 171 and four tubs, my boy. How do you do that, bro? So, you know what Nick Saban said? He said, you know what? Y'all like to throw it through there. You know what we going to do? We just going to smash it down your throat. Good God, man. 36 carries, 171 and four touchdowns. Bryce Young, pretty decent day. Didn't have to do a lot. 20 nope. for 26, 241 a touchdown and a pick. But when you get them type of numbers on the ground, man, it's nothing else you need to do. 171 on the ground. Nick Saban said, we're going to come in here and we're going to run this ball down their throat. We're going to keep the ball out the hand, which they did. And we're going to control this clock. We're going to control this clock. Nick Saban, once again, you just said it did 23-0 and against former assistant coaches. Ain't a one. Not Ain't me. a one that can beat them. That's crazy. Alabama, we see it year in and year out. Man, could this be the year they have a chink in the armor? Could this be the year? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. They, they just continue to reload, Mm-mm. reload, and reload. Mm. Now, this guy, Brian Robinson Jr., the running back, he's been there for, he's a, he's a what, fifth-year senior. He's been there. Mm-hmm. Didn't never know about the kid because they had so much talent at running back. Didn't know who he was year before yesterday. Year. year after year. Year after year, we see Nick Saban do this same thing. We all going to stop saying this could be the time somebody get Nick, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. I was even when I said, man, Ole Miss got them goods, man. But Everybody boy, they proved saying. me wrong. They proved me wrong. Nick Saban has continually, has continually always be half Alabama right where they need to be, D. Should we be shocked at this? No, because we didn't seen this story before. <laughs> Ain't nothing to be shocked about. We didn't seen this same story before with Nick, bro. He just continued to tell us, I told you so. That's all Nick say after stuff like this happened. I told you so. I told you. Yeah. Alabama, man, they look good, D. Hey, man, I don't think these guys can be stopped. Let me tell you, when they, when they do play Georgia, that's going to be a big boy fight right there. Yes, it is. That's gonna be a big boy fight. Haymakers. So I'm excited, man. What 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 Alabama's going? Can't be mad at this blowout dominant win. Like you said, you said it yesterday. Boy, they seen what Georgia did. They did. <laughs> Cause they know they gonna them and Georgia gonna have to see each other. Collision course. And they had to make a statement just like Georgia made a statement. Yeah. They don't notice. Yeah, but yeah, notice. man. Shout out to Alabama, man, on a great, impressive win against a against a against a old against an old Miss team. Who had started getting some traction, bro? Building something and uh, ranked in the polls. I forgot where they were even ranked. Twelve. I think they was like oh, 12th in the polls, top fifteen team. Blow the top off, Matt Corral. They was calling him say he was in the Heisman candidate race and this and that. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> but yeah, man, shout out to Bama, man, on an impressive win against Ole Miss. Yeah, last thing for me, man, about them, man, it's like Nick Saban. He has his pedigree. And basically, if you come to Alabama, like, bro, there's a great chance that you're going to be drafted. 
These are five-star kids coming in year after year. And they are coming to Alabama to be coached. They are coming to Alabama to be mentored, to be tutored. They are coming there to gather this information. It ain't no divas at Alabama. It ain't no people talking out the side of their neck at Alabama. Look at all the talent that's came through there. The countless number one picks. The countless just five-star players that come in there year after year. You got five-star players that they got to turn away. They turn away five-star players. <laughs> that's the type of factory they got. Nick Saban, 70 years old, man. Mm-mm-mm. Looks great for his age. And ain't showing no signs of slowing down. This man got a million national championships. <laughs> I mean, how much more does Nick want to do? But Nick told me how much longer he wants to do it because he loves it. As long as he has the drive and the grind to teach young men and love of the game, he will be right there. Him and Bill Belichick, they ain't never going nowhere. They love this game. They love these kids. And we seen it yesterday. Y'all remember now, Mac Jones and everything he was doing, right? Mac Jones got drafted 15th overall by the Patriots. And it's starting in the NFL. What's going on? And now, you got a 19-year-old kid from California, Bryce Young, finna win the Heisman. (laughs) I just can't wrap my mind around the greatness. Because my mind goes so many different places. I just can't wrap my mind around it. These, the only team, and it's only one team that could beat Alabama this year. And they might have to beat them twice to win a national championship. Because I'm going to tell you this. When both of them boys get their land and they undefeated, both of them going to the playoff. Both of them going. It don't really matter. <laughs> the winner of that game will be the number one overall seed. And the loser will be the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. They both going to the playoff. You can might as well wrap that up. So every other conference out here in the country, it's only two more spots available. <laughs> It's only two more spots. <laughs> and the way that's looking, it's going to be the Big Ten that got them two. I'm telling you. Because the way they what they got going out there, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, ain't nobody getting the invites out of there. You might have Iowa and Michigan or Iowa and Michigan State, two teams oh, I, from the Big Ten and two teams from the SEC in the playoff. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, dog. So, look, man, phenomenal win by Alabama. Nothing new. But you got to always be just mesmerized by the greatness. Mm-hmm. This man is 23-0 against his former assistants. Can't nobody get this man. Lane Kiffin ain't sleep at night. He ain't sleep last night because he thought he had Nick. And Nick said, boy, you ain't got nothing. <laughs> Take this 200 yards rushing and go sit down somewhere. Good God. All right, black man. My ducks, man. Oh, man. Oh, my ducks, man. My dog Crystal Ball fell yesterday, man. My Ducks lost yesterday, yesterday, man. I had a bad feeling too, man, going out there to Raggedy Stanford, man. I just had a bad feeling going out there to that farm, man. We was out there looking clean yesterday, man, with the fit. And we lost. And overtime, man. My Ducks fall yesterday to the Stanford Cardinals, who's a tough team. They have excellent coaching there at Stanford, 31 to 24 in OT. The Ducks didn't play bad yesterday. But when you have the turnovers that they had, the quarterback play was not exceptional yesterday. They go down. Ducks still right there in the top 10. So they still got a fighting chance of winning the Pac-12 and maybe somehow some way squeaking into the college football playoff, which I don't know how they do that with UCLA just giving up the goods like they giving it up. 
Good God, Chip Kelly. And Black, don't be acting like them ain't your dogs either out there with the Bruins, man. <laughs> don't be acting like them ain't your dogs. But Black, real quick, man, what'd you think about the Ducks, man, falling yeah, to the stand? Yeah, man, just Carter? want to give a special shout out, man. That Tanner McKee. <laughs> Tanner McKee, my boy. Tanner McKee went 20 for 36, 233 tubs, man, on the Ducks. This kid literally is is a sophomore, man, from 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 uh California. Kid has 11 touchdowns, zero picks, man. This kid showed out against the Ducks yesterday, man. Stanford is just one of them teams, man. Like when you go to the farm, you better be prepared for real. Cause they dirty, they rugged out there. Great coaching. Good coach, great coach. And then great I, coach. I I I don't understand why. I I I forget the head coach name. I'm I'm shocked that the NFL ain't gave this man a look, man, because everything that he do consistently. Not saying that Stanford's in the playoff. No, but they're always consistent year in and year out, Stanford is. Great coaching, man. They were prepared. We was we we were D was saying like this could have been one of the games. This is a slip up. Stanford could be one of those games yeah. for the Ducks, man. And that's where they wind up win. But these guys got the win in in, in overtime, 31-24, man. So shout out to Stanford on the big win. Yeah, David Shaw, me, the head coach. Me, me 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 personally, I think the Ducks will be fine. I think the Ducks will be fine. Hopefully they just gonna have to go ahead and win out and win this conference and do it in uh because they got a key win on their schedule, man. When you go to they Ohio do. State they do. and you beat the what no, then ranked right, number that time, three team, number three Buckeyes, Buckeyes, yeah. that's you go. That's always going to get looked at. Yeah. And to see them didn't drop out of the top ten didn't surprise me at all because of what they got on their resume. So I think the Ducks would be fine, man. I'm still picking them to kind of make a push for that playoff, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think the Ducks about back, backs about bounce back from this. And shot, but shout out to Stanford, man, on the huge win over the Ducks. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It kind of bothered me a little bit, man, that my Ducks went down. But hey, you know, I, I'm with Black, man. I think they'll be absolutely fine, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, Black. Let's go ahead and go up to Indiana. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, up there in Indiana, where the Notre Dame Fighting Irish play some good old football. Black, the Bearcats, the now top five Bearcats, mm. got them a signature win. Yesterday, going to ninth, the, the then ninth ranked Indiana. I mean, the excuse me, I don't know why I keep calling it Indiana. Uh, the then ninth ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish, twenty four to thirteen, big win for the Bearcats. Huge signature win. They needed this is their biggest win in school history. Mm-hmm. All right, they went up there and they took care of business. Heisman hopeful, Mister Ritter, thir- nineteen for thirty two, two ninety seven in the air, two tubs. Very great game. They ran the ball efficiently. Shout out to Mr. Pierce at wide receiver. Eight catches for 144 uh, yards. Mr. Taylor, five catches for another 70 yards. Just a great day. They didn't do a lot of running the ball uh, (laughs) yesterday. They really add that thing out. But a back and forth matchup. Bearcats get the win. Black, we talked about it yesterday. Cincinnati, are they a legitimate contender to make the college football playoff this year? Uh, They are, in my opinion, D. I think at this point... They kind of control their own destiny now with a huge win like this versus a top ten team in Notre Dame. This is the time that this is this is the team that can knock down the door for the what we call them the power the, five. The power fives, you know, that could, that can knock down the door against the power fives. And you know, we always see year in and year out you you UCF Cincinnati now, and you got you got your Coastal Carolinas, and you have those team Memphis. We always see them teams not chipping at the bit, knocking at the bit. 
But I think Cincinnati, this team right here, man, this is a really good team. They sitting at number five, man. So all they really need to see is somebody going to lose, man. And they continue out. to take it. They, they have to win out and win the conference championship. And I think Cincinnati Bearcats can knock down that door and get in that playoff. But, man, this team is really well coached. They were prepared for Notre Dame. Notre Dame went through three quarterbacks, D. Three quarterbacks That's in this game. Stream, yep. So, shout out to the Bearcats, man, on an amazing win. Like you said, the biggest win in, in school history, knocking off the, I mean, knocking off Notre Dame. But we called it when we did it last week. Yeah. We were like, it's going to be a tricky game for Notre Dame. And they got beat and outclassed, man, by the uh, Bearcats. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame's had a hellacious schedule. They have. They've had a. They had the toughest schedule in college football this year. If you look at it, I mean, I know Alabama's played some uh, high ranked teams, but if you look at what Notre Dame, they's kind of been through murderers' row, man, with their schedule, and it don't stop for them either. Mm-mm. You know, Notre Dame was in prime position, just like Cincinnati, to argue for college football playoff berth yesterday. But I'm hoping for some madness this year, and hear me out. I'm hoping for some real madness for the college football playoff because I want to see it expanded. So here's what I hope happens: Alabama. Georgia already in. I hope somehow, some way, that you get two undefeated top four teams in a Big Ten championship game. And I hope the game ends in a 29-28 type final. And then you got the Bearcats win out. What do you do? Mm. Do you tell an undefeated, let's say Michigan wins the Big Ten this year. Do you tell Michigan they, they can't go? Do you tell Iowa, if they play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, who loses about one point, who looks who looks really impressive so far to cheer? Mm-hmm. Do you tell them they can't go over the Bearcats? I want to see drama because this is the type of year where you would want to expand the playoff. Mm-hmm. This is all that I was trying to say a few weeks back. The scenario of college football this year, this is why you want to see an 18 playoff. Because even though Alabama and Georgia are clearly the best two teams in this country, we've seen the Big Ten compete with the SEC. We've seen it this year. When the Tigers went out there to holler at them Nittany Lions. Outcome what? Outcome Big Ten. We're starting to see it. So I want to see some chaos. Do I want to see Cincinnati in the playoff? I do. I want to see somebody kick down the door. But I can't lie, man. What the Big Ten and the SEC got going on, I'm going to be real with you, Black. I don't know if they get in. Mm. If things go the way that they're going and we get two undefeated teams in the Big Ten and the SEC championship game and both of those games go down to the wire, Black, what do you do? Tell me what you do. If you got an undefeated Michigan, I'm just hypothetically, undefeated Michigan, undefeated Iowa, final score is 31 to 30. Michigan wins. What do you tell the Hawkeyes? What do you tell them? That's tough, man. Alabama versus Georgia coming in undefeated. They both already in already. So the SEC championship game is just, you know, for, 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 for kicks and giggles pretty much for that game because <laughs> both of them going to the playoff anyway. But what do you tell Cincinnati? Who got a, got a big victory yeah. on their schedule. What do you tell them? They went to Notre Dame when they was ranked number nine and got it done. They went to Indiana when Indiana was in the top 20 and they beat them the week before. What do you tell them? So this is the year. I want to see the conversations. I want to see it. And I think this is the perfect year for some madness. But shout out to the Cincinnati Bearcat. Mr. Ritter is impressive, man. Yes, he is. He's a Heisman candidate. He should be invited to New York this year alongside Bryce Young and, you know, maybe the defensive tackle for Georgia, good God. (laughs) But he definitely should be invited, man. 
to uh, to New York for the Hasm Trophy. All right, man, we got a couple of more topics if we get ready to wrap up uh, today's show. Remember, tomorrow we'll be dropping again. We'll be dropping again Monday night. We're going to do our NFL wrap-up review. Big game on the schedule right now. Me and Black are recording at 7.30. Tommy, Tommy is in New England mm. with Billy. It's going down tonight. We have some big games that we can't wait to talk about. So please, guys, the NFL wrap-up will be dropping on Monday evening. Just a programming note from the sports desk. All right, Black. We've been playing this one for a few weeks, man. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll go ahead and play it, man, for kicks and giggles, man. We got to take our uh, moment in the sun whenever it presents itself. Seminole fans right now just need to <laughs> hush right now. All Seminole fans right now, we need to sit back and chill. I talk a lot of shit. I talk a lot of shit, man, about my Seminoles, man. I love us. At least I do. But, man, this shit here, listen, man, we need to sit back. We need to sit our ass back. That shit there was an embarrassment. We only two weeks into this damn thing, and I'm ready to give up! You think I want this? It just happened! <sighs> Black. My bad, we not started so <laughs> Black. We got us one, man. Yeah, we got one. It's been a tough year so far. And I hate that we're even doing this right now, man. But it is what it is. It is what it is. The Florida State Seminoles got them a win, man. They took care of business yesterday, defeating a very scrappy, coming-for-your-throat Syracuse team who wanted to make us 0-5 yesterday. Florida State gets to win 33-30 to yesterday. Black, we played one quarterback yesterday, Jordan Travis. 22 for 32, 130 yards in the air, two touchdowns and one pick. Jordan Travis also had 19 carries for 113 yards. Black, how do you feel? Watching the game, me and you kind of watched the latter half of the fourth quarter. I ain't going to lie, me and Black turned the game on in the fourth quarter. Florida State was up 10, looked like they was going to give it away, <laughs> but they found a way to get the job done. How do you feel, man? Florida State now one and four, getting ready to take a trip to holla at the Fighting Mac Brown oh, next man. Saturday, my boy. Who looking for some get back from last year? Yeah, man, D, I really don't feel feel no type of way right now, man. This is it's yeah. it's one win. You know. <laughs> it's excited. It's it's it, I'm happy to see them win. They can would this be something that they will build on? I don't think so. You know, like you say, they go to uh, Tar Heel Land tomorrow, fight the fight at Mac Browns at three thirty on uh, ABC, and uh, them boys just bounced back against Duke. So ain't no telling how that could get out there, you know. So, but nothing. I'm very, very excited about. Happy to see them fight out, a, see them fight and get a win. Uh, it was good to really see them play one quarterback. We say a lot about Jordan Travis. He ain't the answer. He is the answer. But the kid did what he needed to do yesterday, mate. As we was watching in the fourth quarter, the kid made big play in that last drive. He was the one that got him downfield. He's our best chance to win right now. He's our, what he's, we have. He, basically, he's the best chance in that the running game. Didn't see a whole lot of the running running game, mm-hmm. but we did when we when they did run the ball, they ran it well. Jordan Travis, he's a running quarterback, so I expected him to have a hundred yards rushing against Syracuse, you know. But yeah, D, I'm not. I'm still even keel with this man. 
Just take it week by week and see what happens. That's yeah. what we are now with it, and that's what it is with the Florida State Seminoles this year. I mean, yeah, we got to win, thankfully. Very tough to see 0-4. We got off the schneid, so to speak, but nothing really to talk about here. I mean, I knew the kids at some point in time would take ownership and be like, look, man, we, we, we just can't keep doing this. And it looked like yesterday was the day. We got North Carolina coming up next Saturday, and after that, followed by UMass. And then we go to Death Valley. Uh, yeah, then we go to Death Valley. Uh, then we got NC State. And then we got the Canes, man, coming up after that. So a decent stretch for the Florida State Seminoles. But I will say this. Some positive takes here. I will say this. I am intrigued to see how the kids respond to winning a game. I'm going to be watching very closely next week versus North Carolina. I will watch this game from beginning to end next week. I want to see what Mike Norvell and his coaching staff does to make sure our kids are focused after coming off a win on the road in a somewhat hostile environment with a former potential Heisman candidate with Sam Howell. Veteran, legendary coach, former national champion coach, and Mac Brown, he's going to have his guys ready to go. North Carolina's still allowed to win the ACC. They're still in play. So I want to see how we respond at North Carolina, so I will be watching this game. I mean, I don't really know who's, the. I think, the big game next week at 3.30. Uh, I think we got Iowa and uh, Penn State. Uh, coming up this Saturday, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'm going to be keeping it real with you. You know, on my big TV, I'm going to have Florida State and North Carolina. I want to see. And I hope that we don't have to come in here that following Sunday and get right back to this garbage that we've been talking about for the past, I don't know what, two years since Coach Norvell has been there. I'm going to let my hair down next week. I'm going to go in with no judgment. And I'm not even, and it sounds so disgusting what I'm about to say, but I don't really even look into the winning or losing next week. I want to see fight. I want to win, yes. Don't get me wrong, yes, I want to win. But I want to see how these kids respond. Defensively, offensively, Jordan Travis got to be the quarterback going forward. McKenzie Miller should have never been in there. The kid has some nice moments and good for him. I was happy to see the kid get his moment, and I wish it wasn't in the Florida State jersey. I'm just keeping it real. Because I know what the kid's been through. And this is no disrespect on him because I know the severity and I know the seriousness of what that kid went through. He could have lost his life. So I don't want nobody to think I'm being ruthless because I don't play around with stuff like that. Because that's a very tough story to watch what happened to Mr. Milton. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to see that he's good. But when it comes to my team, I'd just rather have him doing that somewhere else. Point blank period. But anyway, going to be watching. Black, are you kind of intrigued a little bit to see how the kids respond next week at North Carolina coming off a win? Um, <laughs> let's keep it real, man. Not really, D. Okay. I, I just, I just feel like I, I really don't know, D. I'm just so conflicted right now, man, mm. about Florida State. Hurts my heart. And and I hate and and and, and anybody know me never hear me talk like that about Florida State. Sure. And this year has been that type of year. Will I watch the game? I probably will, D. Do I expect us to look good? No, I don't, D. Mm. Do I expect Sam Howell and the Tar Heels to have a field day with us? Yes, I do, D. So I don't think they're going to respond the way that we that you want to see. I don't think they do. I don't know if Norvell and 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 them going to be able to have these guys after a a, a tough win by a last second field goal. Is he going to have them ready to go back on the road after three straight home games and be ready to well after two straight home games and have to go to. Play the fight in Mac Brown's in Tar Heel land 
and see and 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 look kind of look decent and have fight. I just don't think it's gonna happen, D. Okay. I just I'm just where I met with Florida State right now, man. Okay. I'm happy they won a the game. That's good. But I don't think they're gonna get it done Saturday at all. 10-4. There goes Black spoiling the entire energy. Coming off of winning at Florida State, I can't lie, it kind of makes me proud. <laughs> kind of makes me proud that my boy Black is sticking to his guns. But hey, I guess we'll find out what takes place on 3.30 next Saturday in uh, Tar Heel land out there at North Carolina as Florida State takes on the Fighting Mac Browns. All right, man, we're going to run through a couple scores. We're going to get to week six, then we're going to get out of here. Black, what's up with your Bruins, dog? Man, I don't know, man. What's up with your Bruins, man? Man, man, boy. I thought this was the year, man. They could make some noise, but my man, man, look at here. Yeah, man. Tough one. Tough one. All right, man. Let's uh hold on. Let me, let me play a little music, man, while we run down these skulls, man. I gotta keep reminding my <laughs> yeah. I gotta keep reminding myself that we're cool here at the sports desk. Let me get let me get it going, man. Hold on, this is what I'm playing. Oh, okay. All right, here we go, Black. Let's go, let's go. All right. Um, Auburn knocking off LSU 24-19. Bo Nix with an impressive play, man. Yesterday to get the win over the Tigers. Funny, Tigers versus Tigers. All right, Michigan State keeps it rolling 48-31 over the Western uh, Kentucky Red Cougars or whatever their name is. Penn State 24-0 over Indiana. Black, Indiana this year. Man, we're not used to this from them. They fight, they fight, but they've lost every game almost these boys got one win this year yeah yeah not looking good i know we were high on indiana to start the year all right clemson survives once again against boston college boston college had a chance to win this game but hey they're winning in clemson they're trying to find a way to win this is going to be Dabo's toughest job man mm-hmm. and it's clear but they got to win yeah, they got to win and guess what they're still alive for the <laughs> acc crown so all right <laughs> All right, uh, what else we got? Uh, Oklahoma State knocking off Baylor yesterday, competitive game in the Big 12. Black, we're going to start with Mississippi State knocking off Jimbo and the Aggies. What's going on out there at A&M as the Crimson Tide loom? I don't know, man. Like, Jimbo really dropping the ball out there in, uh, in Aggie land. I don't know what's going on out there, man. Jimbo got a lot of questions that need to be answered because this is the year. Oh, this could be the year he gets saving. I don't think that's happening, sir. We're going to see your brains beat in Saturday night on CBS uh, Saturday. So Saturday night. Saturday night, primetime on o'clock. CBS, 8 yeah. o'clock. We're going to see your brains beat in. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, just not just not, just not, not looking well for Jimbo and the Aggies down there, man. A lot of questions need to be answered. What's going on with Jimbo and at Texas A&M? Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, man, Oklahoma survives winning 37-31 over Kansas State. Spencer Riley avenges his loss. Uh, to the Wildcats from last year. Ohio State keeps rolling 52 to 13. Uh, Alabama, we already stayed at 42 21 over Ole Miss. Um, USC getting back on the board 37 14 over Colorado. Wake Forest keeping it going undefeated. Wake Forest, Demon D gets 37 34 over Louisville. Hard fought game in ACC. Texas fighting back. We're now used to seeing Texas fight back after they get embarrassed. They got embarrassed by Arkansas, haven't lost since. Texas Longhorn, Oklahoma Sooners. Watch out for it, all right? Um, and Michigan, 38-17 over Wisconsin, 5-0. Black, is this the year? Are the Wolverines for real enough to compete for a Big Ten championship? Bro, how, is it, uh, how ironic is it the year that we don't talk about Michigan is the yeah. year they doing their best? Yeah, I thought about that too. We always try to hype Michigan up saying this could be the year, and they always let us down every year. In the year, yep. we don't talk a lot about them. 
This the year they look good. Yep. They playing some good football. Harbaugh got these, and he's doing it under the radar. You're not hearing a whole lot about no, you're Michigan. Not. You're not. But he's doing it under the radar. This could shape up to be a really big deal when they get ready to play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they have Iowa or Penn State on the schedule, but you got some big key games coming up this year, D. And mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna continue to see what Michigan go- Michigan is going to do. See if they see if they stay on this track that they're on, and see if they at some point let up and and we just say, oh, up. this it, we we they are who we thought they were. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good to see them back in the winning, winning track, back in the top ten. It's good to see them there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I love what uh, John, I mean Harbaugh got going on with Michigan this year, man. So far, absolutely. The fighting Matt Brown take care of Duke, thirty-eight to seven, getting him a big win, setting up against Florida State Friday night, man. Good God, the Iowa Hawkeyes, fifty-one fourteen over Maryland. All this little hype behind Little Tua, man. Little Tua got embarrassed by the Hawkeyes, man. At home, man. Look, man. I would look different this year. Ranked number three, man. I would look different this year. When last up. time? When the last time you seen I would put up fifty one on anybody? They ranked number three in the polls, man. All right. Behind, behind, behind Alabama and Georgia, All right. man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Our right. Hawkeyes looking a lot different this year. And last but not least, as I mentioned, you know Miami played a local middle school last week, and they embarrassed that middle school six to nine another at home. The Miami Hurricane fans was tooting their horns and boop 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 boop. But then when the Virginia Cavaliers, the ACC folk come to town, what do they do? Wet the bed. The Canes losing again, thirty to twenty eight. Now they talking about fire Manny Diaz. Oh really? Manny was your saver just a couple weeks ago, and now you got two wins against non-FBS schools. You sicking me. At least Florida State beat an SEC opponent. I can't stand you, Hurricanes. Shout out to my dog, Kevin Dunbar, man. All right, man, so that wraps up the Week 5 match up Black. Let's get to some highlighted games this week. This this week of college football, Week 6, Black, I'm going to give you one more chance, man. Do the Florida State Seminoles, man. Do they somehow, some way. Knock off the North Carolina Tie Heels. That'll be a negative, sir. Okay, my man didn't even waste any time thinking about that. All right, Black Arkansas, Ole Miss, 12 o'clock, ESPN. Both schools coming off major losses. Black, who wins this game? Interesting game. Uh, D, I'm going to go Arkansas. Okay. I think uh, I think Ole Miss really, we really – they got rattled against Alabama. I don't know if they're going to be able to recover from it. So I think Arkansas bounced back and get a big, another big win on the road. Okay, 10-4, 10-4. All right, on the slate, oh, Red River Shootout, Oklahoma, Texas, 12 o'clock, ABC, 5 or no Sooners, 4 and one Longhorns. Black, who wins this game? I'm going to go Texas, D. Okay. I'm going to go Texas. I think what, I seen, what I'm seeing okay. from them – they're running. They're running the ball very well. Okay. And if you can keep uh, Spencer Rattling those that offense off the field, okay. I think Texas Longhorns can win this game. I think they run the ball very well and and and, and upset uh, the Sooners. Okay. Okay. All right. Black do the Florida Gators bounce back. All right. They got Vanderbilt coming to town. Twelve o'clock on the SEC Network. SEC Network. Do the Gators bounce back? Yeah, they bounce back. They get a big win versus Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think so too. Number two Georgia heading to Auburn. Three thirty ABC. The four one Tigers are five and zero dogs. Black do the Bulldogs run shop on the Tigers? Uh, they do, but that thing gonna be rocking sure. in there. But for sure, Bo Nix ain't gonna be able to do nothing, man. Like you say, this could potentially be the last game he gonna play against them boys. When them boys in them trenches get the get the howling and coming down there, and they will be howling. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, I got Georgia by at least two touchdowns in this game. All right, Black. Game of the week. College game day will be there. Fox will be there. The number fourth ranked Penn State Nittany Lions at the number three Iowa Hawkeyes. Four o'clock Fox. Biggest game on the schedule. Black, a Big Ten. Oh, has to go. Black, who remains undefeated? The Nittany Lions or the Hawkeyes? It kills me to say this, D. But I'm going to go Iowa. Wow. I know I picked Penn State this year to do you did. To make the playoff, get in that playoff this year, but Iowa has taken no prisoners. We ha- we seen these guys in close games win, and we seen this team we seen this team blow teams out. So I think at home in that environment at four o'clock, I think it's gonna be outrageous. D. I think the I think the Hawkeyes pull out this win against uh, Penn State by a touchdown. I am so looking forward to this game. I am going to be locked in at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Why well, this game ain't at 7.30, man? Prime time. I don't know. Well, but, uh, D, D, they got to do something about this, man. <laughs> it should be under you the lights. Know, it should be under the lights, at bro. At Iowa. At Iowa, for sure. God, but I man. like that 4 o'clock spot. I think it's a nice spot right there in the afternoon as we get ready to go into the evening. So I like it. But Black, you know what? I'm going to go the other way. Mm. I'm going to take the Nittany Lions and a razor close win by really? 3-26-23. Nittany Lions upset the Hawkeyes. By the way, fun fact, first top five matchup outside of Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten in 20 years. Wow. 20 years. That's crazy. Top five matchup. Really, it's a top four matchup. All right, Black, a couple more games. Black, Alabama, Texas A&M at A&M. I thought this game was in Alabama, but it's in A&M. 100,000 in A&M. Black, what are we talking about? 8 o'clock on CBS. Alabama by 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, dog. I just don't really think it's going to be much of nothing, man. I think Nick Saban and the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide will be seething, uh, ready to get this thing over and done with at Texas A&M. And what I see got we that? got a pretty sneaky Friday night game, Stanford at Arizona State. Huh. Competition. <laughs> huh. It ain't sneaky. <laughs> the fighting Herm Edwards. The fighting Herm Edwards. Edwards, get it done. Is that Arizona State? Is that Arizona State? Yeah, yeah, we get it done. 10.30 ESPN. Yeah, yeah, I said we. The fighting Herm Edwards. I, I mess with her, man. That's my dog, man. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to be watching that for sure, for sure. All right, man. So that's pretty much going to wrap up everything that we talked about today. Um, Another great week in college football. Another great week. A lot of excitement. Week after week, man, we're getting these major storylines with college football, and we love coming to you guys and talking about all the hot stories. Remember, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder Jr., 3, this Saturday night, 8 o'clock, all right? Please watch that fight. We'll be covering that fight next week, breaking down everything that takes place. Hopefully, we get a classic. I'm hoping that we get a classic fight. Remember, Monday evening, NFL uh, Week 4, what is it? Yeah, NFL Week 4 wrap-up show will be dropping. Right now, me and Black are getting ready for Patriots and Buccaneers, it's raining in New England. Can't wait to turn this volume up. I'm missing all the commentary. This game's going to kick off in about another 20 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and get 
off these microphones. Black, any last things before we go? No, nah, man, appreciate all the love and support that we get here at the Sports Desk, man. Sports Desk, we don't take it for granted, man. We appreciate Mm-mm. y'all rocking with us, man. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing, man. We're going to continue to give y'all good content on everything we, we see and what we love to do, man. We appreciate y'all. Absolutely, man. Again, all the love, all the support, all the press plays, all the retweets. Send the link to your moms, your dads, your granddaddy, your uncle, your homeboy, your homegirl, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Your husband and your wife We appreciate all the support And keep rocking with us man We're going strong man And we're really looking forward uh, To what's to come here At the sports desk Alright So you guys take care of yourselves You be safe out there And remember Check us out Monday evening NFL uh, Week 4 wrap up We're going to be talking about All the big games All the big storylines From the NFL uh, And we'll see you guys there Alright So until next time Well next time will be in 24 hours Y'all be cool Alright Lunch sports, man. No, Come on now. Hey, no, bro, listening to the sports no, desk. No. New sports desk.